This is Brie Tartaglione, and you're listening to Brie Undeniably. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to episode two. I am feeling super excited, which is a pattern. I can imagine that I'm going to be feeling super excited for a long time as I continue to produce these episodes, but I am definitely ready to kick off this episode. I have a lot to talk about, and the first topic, I really want to jump right into it because it's what I ended off episode one with, and that is this idea of the categories of limits. So this is going to be foundational with what I speak on. The factors that come with limitations in our lives are something that we seldom examine or seldom examine consciously. And that's really the target for today is understanding these limits and understanding really how we use them in our lives. So right away, I'm going to go over the definitions. Now, The categories of limits, again, these are things that I have pulled from my own practice. They're not necessarily written in psychology books as the categories of limits, but they're discussed in several different counseling and therapeutic theories in several different ways. So I've broken them down into three parts that I've found they are most understandable for me and most understandable for the individuals that I work with in counseling. And last episode, I gave you two. And the one that I didn't give you was the one in the middle, which is like the gray area. So the first one is fixed limitations. The second is limiting beliefs. Those are both the ones that I mentioned. The third, which is really the gray area, not so black and white, is human limits. So I'm going to give you my quick definition of all of them, and then we're going to get into some examples today. So the fixed limitations are limitations outside of our control. These are often physical. They can be health-related. They can be society-related. They can incorporate identity. But fixed limitations are limitations that are outside of our ability to alter. Limiting beliefs, again, are limits that we tell ourselves that actually aren't limits. They're really just thoughts that come into our head that we allow ourselves to pass off as fact, when in fact, they aren't factual. They are real, meaning the thoughts are really there, but they are not factual. Limiting beliefs are really the core of what I'll be speaking on because limiting beliefs are what we need techniques to really be able to understand how to work with these, really understand what they even are in our heads and what when they arise, how we combat them or how we internalize them. So limiting beliefs are actually not limits at all. They're obstacles that we can control. Human limits are the gray area. So human limits are limits that are often driven out of really large life circumstances. 
human limits can often be trauma-informed. They can also be informed by grief, by loss, and by life circumstances that, I guess the best way to put it would be life circumstances that really shake us to our core or break us down in a way that was really unexpected or really exceptionally out of the ordinary. Human limits are often paired with the emotions that are that just take time. And loss is a big one for sure. Loss can can feel completely debilitating if you lose a loved one or any type of major life shift that takes place that really brings about that heavy dark feeling, that's a human limit. And human limits are a gray area because ultimately we are human beings, which offers us the power of resilience. But when someone is pushed to a human limit, it often takes time. So those human limits can be stifling for a period of time. And that period of time is very individual for everyone. And all of these types of limits are really individual for everyone. But when someone reaches a human limit, imagine that we are a balloon (laughs) and you can only stretch so far and expand in such a way. And a human limit is kind of if that balloon pops, you, you have really kind of exceeded your expansion. So time, restoration, coping, healing, those are what get us through human limits when we reach those. But they're the gray area because they are unique and individual to everyone. And they can become fixed limitations if we don't work on ways to cope with them. And in the moment, they will be fixed limitations. But ultimately, human limits can be mended, which I think is really impactful and powerful and important for everyone listening to know. One more quick piece just jumping back that I think is incredibly important to talk about fixed limitations. And I want to make sure I outline this explicitly. A fixed limitation that we often don't see, and there has definitely been a lot of unseeing in our world lately, is systemic institutional oppression. So anything that is deeply ingrained in society is considered a fixed limitation, but something also really powerful about that type of fixed limitation is with time and persistence and resilience, which is major, it can be broken and then rebuilt again. So even with fixed limitations, even when our balloon pops with human limitations, even when there is a breaking point there is still possibility for change. And that possibility is really what I'm here to talk about today. So now you know about the three categories of limits. Now I really want to talk about something I think is hugely important that I bet we are moving through unconsciously in our lives, and that is the possibility that we bring to others versus the certainty that we try to sell ourselves. So as I think about 
how to structure today's talk. I think bringing in an example of me, again, is helpful. It's easy for me to make an example of myself, and I'm not afraid to do it. So I say this because I want to start out with another example of me, as I said, but this is about putting out the podcast specifically. So actually, if we rewind back to before episode one, before I had even told really anyone that I was doing this podcast, I was about to drop my first story saying, coming soon, Brie Undeniably, with a little sneak preview of something that I was going to say. And it was the night before I was just doing this story post on my personal story. And when I tell you I haven't felt these types of nerves and pretty negative energy in years, I mean, it's been a long time. The best way I can describe what I what I was feeling in that moment is if anyone listening has ever been in a major competition or a finals or semifinals of a sport or something where it feels like the stakes are so high or it feels like this is what you've been working towards for a very long time and all of a sudden that that moment just before. So before you step out onto the court or for me, what I what I paired it with is when I used to dance competitively before I would step out on that stage. And it's in those moments right before that there is just a knot of overwhelming stress and anxiety and confusion and doubt. (laughs) Doubt is a really big one that for me ties that knot up really tight. And for whatever reason, I was in the gym. And for those of you who do know me personally, you know how much I love being in the gym. It is a safe space for me. It is a place where I do so much of my thinking. It is just an escape. And I do feel that way about running now, which I used to hate running. But when you relearn how to use your legs, all you want to do is make sure that you can keep using them every day. So I do really enjoy running now too, but the gym will always be that place for me. Or physical activity will always be that place where my mind is just at its peak and prime performance, everything is clear. My thoughts are in line. I'm able to get thoughts in line that might not be. So night before my first post in the gym, (laughs) this knot in my stomach crawls up out of nowhere so quickly and is all consuming. And really the knot came out of the rumination in my mind of the thoughts that I like to call limiting beliefs. Because these don't go away. We can train and refine our skills to understand how to work with them and how to push them out of our minds with fill it with something greater. But we can't control the arise of a limiting belief. We can control the outcome of it. But in this moment specifically, I just more than I felt in a very long time had so much doubt. What if people don't want to listen? What if this isn't liked by others? What if this falls short? What if what I'm saying doesn't make sense? What if people tune out? What if I fail? Now, this is all before a story post, but it was because it was right before this 
thing became real for me. So my mind goes into this protection mode. All of our minds do that. That's really where these limiting beliefs are stemming from, though they might not be real. And by real, I mean factual because they are really popping into your head, but they might not be factual, but they are very evident. And when they come, they are really tough to combat. So I'm feeling all consumed. And again, I hadn't felt this in years. I'm usually pretty good at battling those forces. But I had to step back, take several deep breaths, which is a strategy I use often. And I had to go deeper because at the end of the day, when I have put so much work and effort into this thing that I'm doing, it didn't actually make sense to me why I was trying to convince myself not to do it. So this is a 100% true story. I went up to the mirror in the gym and I got very close and I looked myself in the eye and I said, why? Why can't you do it? Why is this something that you're saying you're not capable of? Why are you trying to stop yourself? Why is this happening? Where are these thoughts coming from? Why can't it be you? And let me tell you, I stared myself down and I couldn't get behind an honest answer that told me why I couldn't do it. Because that's the thing with limiting beliefs. They are not factual. They are protection mechanisms that we use to securely fasten ourselves to our place of comfortability. When you realize that this is a mechanism of protection that my mind is sending me, I have to wonder what I'm being protected from. We protect ourselves from vulnerable spaces. Now, I have to plug my absolute idol, Brene Brown. If you have not seen her TED Talk on vulnerability, or if you have not listened to her podcast or any of her stuff, I highly, highly, highly recommend listening to her. I remember listening to her talk on vulnerability, and it was almost so clear that this thing is what we all fear, but what we all need to face in order to continue to actualize in our life, in, in order to continue to prosper, be the, the best versions of ourselves, is we need to stare vulnerability down. We need to jump into it, really. But it's just not that simple. And I think a lot of people listening to this, if if they were to make some assumptions before I finish the talk, they might think that I would go into, this is where we need to go into positive affirmations. And this is the really bubbly, cushy way for us to feel better about ourselves. And I'm not saying positive affirmations don't work, but I'm saying that there is a very specific time for positive affirmations to work and do what they actually claim to do. And that's not right now. <laughs> so I'm not going to give the bubbly answer. Though I do always try to offer the reframe and speaking with a friend the other day, he asked me, you know, what's the podcast about? And I was like, what's my elevator pitch? How do I say this in a couple of sentences? And the podcast is about reframes. This whole podcast is about reframing our limiting beliefs. It's about taking what we think we know and pushing to know more. 
It's about understanding the difference between the possibility that can be and the certainty that we tell ourselves. So it's that type of reframing that I'm focusing on. So again, positive affirmations can work at a certain time in a certain way, but they're not the solution. The solution is also not simple, but it can be stated simply. The solution is understanding why. Understanding why we tell ourselves certain things to hold us securely in place from other things. We don't question the thoughts that come into our head because we so often act as if what we're telling ourselves is factual. But there, for me personally, in that moment, there was nothing factual happening that I was telling myself. I can't do it. Well, let's break that down. What can't I do? There was no danger to myself or danger to others. That's something that I always use in counseling as a barometer. Okay, so safety-wise, I can do it. The The physical capabilities I had, I mean, I had the recording equipment. I have a voice to record. I had already recorded. I mean, I had it all ready to go. So that didn't hold up. I can't do it. Mm, I mean, there's a thousand other things things I guess I could go through of disbanding that one statement. I can't do it. Why can't I do it? Come on, Brianna. If you're saying this, back it up. I couldn't back it up. I couldn't genuinely back it up with facts because there was no backing it up. That was just a defense mechanism. That was my myself telling myself, what if you fail? You don't want to fail. That's uncomfortable. That's vulnerable. And then I said, why don't I want to fail? Because it would hurt my pride or my self-esteem because that's why I don't want to be vulnerable. But at the end of the day, failure happens so that we have the opportunity to learn and then redo. So this kind of sounds silly, but I mean, I actually had to talk to myself about wanting to fail. Do I want everyone to be listening to this? Yes. Do I want it to be a total failure? Of course not. I'm going to have to get out of my own way to find out, that's for sure. But I acted as if failure was this impending doom to a really terrible place when in reality, it's going to be my absolute biggest learning technique. Do I hope that there are smaller failures rather than bigger ones? Sure. Will I be able to get by small failures or bigger failures? Sure. Okay, so that's out of the way. What is holding me back? What's holding me back is me. I mean, I just said it. I had to get out of my own way. We have to get out of our own ways because these limiting beliefs are the only factors standing in the way of you and what you want to pursue. It is genuinely the only thing other than, as I said, fixed limitations. Other than that, it's you. I had to tell myself to swallow my pride and get out of my own way because I'm going to fail, but I'm going to fail knowing that I tried. And then after I fail, I'm going to do it again. And I'm going to iterate and I'm going to continue to do it until I don't fail. I think that the idea of failure needs to be reframed for sure. I know that personally, I'm still reframing it. Failure is never going to sit on a cushy pedestal in my mind. It's going to sit in a strange gray foggy abyss of me still trying to figure out how I feel about it. But I know factually that it's my next opportunity to succeed. I know that. So asking myself why and answering myself honestly, I had 
nothing standing in my way except for me, except for these thoughts that I was telling myself that were stopping me from doing what I wanted to do. This is where I really get into the idea of possibility versus certainty. Because if you bring this concept of the advice that we offer, the advice that we offer ourselves is so often so fixed and so certain and so static that we absolutely cannot do this for X, Y, and Z reasons, or this can't happen because of this. So we offer reasons that we take as fact, and then we validate them with ideas that we take as fact. So something like, I can't become a guitar player because I've never played the guitar and it's too late now. Well, actually, your two validations of never playing the guitar and it being too late are not fixed limitations. So stop acting as if they are. So get out of our way. (laughs) We need to get out of our own ways. But What I challenge you to think about here is what we tell loved ones or friends and family that the advice we offer them is filled with so much possibility. So if you need to flip it, what would someone tell you about being a guitar player in a band? If it's something that you really, really wanted to do, would your friend or family member say, well, it's too late for you and you've never played the guitar? Maybe (laughs) they might very well say those things, but might they also say that actually you have plenty of time, you still have your whole life ahead of you and you sit down and try to start learning it. You could probably be in a totally different place in a year. They could also say that. Now, you know, I think that we have lots of different types of friends and family. I think some friends and family members might be more frank than others. But I also think that the frankness might come from them recognizing fixed limitations rather than recognizing your limiting beliefs. You'll find that there's very few people who really care about you will tell you that you're not capable of something. They might tell you your dreams are large and lofty. They might say that the odds are stacked against you. They might say that it's going to be very hard to do. But they're not typically going to say you absolutely can't do it in the same way that you might say to yourself that you absolutely can't do it. You can also do this exercise with others, how you might offer advice to a friend or a family member or a loved one is going to be very different than how you would offer it to yourself. So if there is a friend or a family member who also wants to be a guitarist, same age, similar circumstances. Are you going to tell them, no, it's too late for you because you've never picked up a guitar and time's running out? Or are you going to tell them, hey, I think that's a cool idea. What can I do to help? Or if you get started now, you'll be in a totally new place in a year. I mean, moral of the story is that we are so much more apt to offer others possibility in ourselves certainty. And this is something that we just don't question. We don't question why we offer ourselves the certainty of not getting to the place that we want to get to. It actually feels so backwards because if our limiting beliefs are our mind's way of protecting us from vulnerable spaces, but that protection actually hinders us from doing what it is that we want to do, is that really protection? And, you know, to me, I... I don't think so. 
To me, I think that we understand vulnerability as something that we want to avoid at all costs. But when you flip the idea and you realize that it is the only way through to the best version of yourself or doing what it is you want to do, becoming who it is you want to become, then you're going to start seeking out vulnerable spaces because it is the vessel to our success. It is actually the terminal that we need to ride all the way to the last stop to get to where we want to get to. So we need to reframe these limiting beliefs. We need to question why. We need to understand that when we hit that ceiling of comfortability, we can't sit there and content. Because if you think about being comfortable, it's actually pretty close to opposite, if not very opposite, of being vulnerable. I'm not saying I don't want you to be comfortable. I want to be comfortable. We all do. But sitting in life on a plane of simply being comfortable is never going to push you to where you want to be. It will always securely hold you on that plane without movement into becoming a better you. I think one of the biggest pieces of what I'm discussing today is the fact that we need to buy in to the possibility of ourselves. We need to buy in to the possibility of who we can become if we can get out of our own way. Can you buy in to the fact that you do have the capability to get to where you want to go? Can you buy in to the fact that you actually have all of the tools that you need? And if you don't have the tools, there's a step-by-step process to gain those tools. Can you buy into the fact that your life as it is now does not have to be your life tomorrow? Can you buy into the fact that you have full autonomy over the moves that you make in your life? Our limiting beliefs are popping into our heads every day, often, some more than others, Some might be really successfully combating them. Some might just know that when they pop into their heads, they laugh. I mean, we might be at all different places on how we know how to handle these things, but I'm telling you as a first step, when you tell yourself something in your head, question its origin, question its validity, challenge its outcomes and allow yourself to answer honestly. Are you telling yourself something because it is a fixed limitation that you genuinely cannot get over and you need to find a new path? Or are you telling yourself something because you are afraid to be vulnerable? If you can answer yourself honestly with these questions, you're already taking the next step. You're already understanding the difference between your conscious and your unconscious processes which will be an entire podcast in itself. That will be a, a full episode for sure. But understanding that you have the capability and the power to challenge you, the ability to flip the script and change your thought process, you're learning the absolute most important skill in this thing. This life is you versus you. And that I don't say lightly. We are standing in our way because we don't want to hurt 
future us. But interestingly enough, when I think about future me, the advice that it would give current me is you better move into that vulnerability. You better take that next step. You better post that Instagram story. You better do the things that current you is telling you not to do. Because the future me that I want to see doesn't exist if I don't combat the limiting beliefs that current me is saying. However it is you might successfully track something, I challenge you to track the limiting beliefs even for a day. You will be shocked how many times we tell ourselves we can't or we don't want to or we don't have to or you won't or this is going to be in the way. You will be shocked by how many things we can sell ourselves in our head without any factual basis behind it. I challenge you to buy into the possibility of you because buying into certainty of the unknown, I mean, frankly, it doesn't make sense but we allow ourselves to think it does to protect us. Stop getting in the way of your best possible self. Stop offering protection where it's needed least. Possibility is always out there. What we're working on today and for my remaining time in this podcast is seeking the possibility within yourself. Let this be the moment. I am Brie Tartaglione. This is Brie Undeniably. Thanks for listening.